And so Jesus curses the fig tree because although it had leaves, it had no fruit. The leaves made it look full of promise, but upon closer observation and inspection, Jesus saw that it had no fruit. A tree or a seed that has been planted that does not bear any fruit is a justifiable reason for Jesus to take issue with. A lot of believers give the impression that we have fruit when all we really have is leaves. We know how to look saved and sanctified. We know how and when to lift our hands in the service. We read our Bible and we post scriptures online that we don't understand or live by. We're eager to hear the word of God, but don't keep that same energy when it comes to being doers of the word. For all of our professions of faith, many of us don't have the fruit that we should. We have leaves, but we don't have any fruit. And the thing about this particular situation was that it wasn't even the season for fig trees to have mature fruit. And I used to have an issue with this passage of scripture because why was Jesus upset that there wasn't any fruit on the tree if it wasn't the season for the tree to bear fruit? And then Jesus cursed the tree. I have always thought that was a bit harsh. But as I studied, I found out that Jesus wasn't wrong as if he could be. This tree was full of leaves and what Jesus was looking for was not the mature figs, but the early figs. He wasn't looking for mature fruit, just some evidence that something was growing. I might not yet be all that I am going to be, but if you look at my life, there are some signs that something is growing. Jesus was expecting to see the small edible fruit that came before the leaves were formed, but Jesus goes to the tree to find only leaves and not even the early buds. If Jesus were to come and inspect your tree, your life, would he find the fruit that should be there? You read your Bible and through his word, seeds have been planted in your heart, in your mind. But do you have any fruit? You got in line for the prophetic word, stared the man and woman of God down to get a word from the Lord. But have you cultivated that word into fruit? You go to church every Sunday just to hear the word. But is it producing any fruit in your life? When we began this Bible study, we started with a discussion about the necessity of growing in our relationship with God. We talked about the importance of spending time with him in prayer and study of the word and hearing, receiving, obeying, and applying the word of God to our lives. We talked about growing in our relationship with each other by loving one another as Jesus loved us by laying down our lives and being obedient to what God commands. But there is another aspect of our growth that we need to address, and that is the significance of growing individually as believers in our purpose. Now, the subject of purpose often seems to be an issue for a lot of people. Many people will say they don't know their purpose. They don't know why they're here on earth. They feel like their life has no meaning. It is as if they are just living day to day. Then there are many people who are actively seeking their purpose in life. They're reading books and going to church and taking quizzes to discover their God-given purpose. Then there are those who know their purpose 
purpose, and they are actively living it out as it continues to unfold with every act of obedience. So let's talk about purpose. Now, at the foundation, at the core of this idea of purpose, the reason, the purpose for our lives is to glorify God, to use how he made us and the gifts that he gave us to glorify him, to reveal him. But to a lot of people, glorifying God seems like you're asking a lot of me to give glory to God, to give God glory. Like, what does that even mean? So, the glory of God, the term glory in Hebrew is the word kabod. It means the splendor of God. It speaks of honor, the beauty and perfection of his character. Glory is the quality of his character that emphasizes his greatness and authority. In Exodus 33, Moses asked God, he says, please show me your glory. Show me your kabod, your weight, your significance, your importance. And God says, okay, I'll make my goodness pass before you. And I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. What is his goodness? His goodness is his mercy. It is the wonder of God. It is all of his divine attributes, his worth, his majesty, his loving kindness, and his loyal love. His goodness is his faithfulness to his covenant with us and his name, which he proclaims is the expression of his character. It is who he is. Like Moses, we, the world, all of us, we need to see the glory of God because once we truly see who he is, when his glory is revealed to me, I not only see him, but I see me. Why? Because I was made in his image and likeness. I was created to look like him. When you see me, you should see him. Glorifying God through praise and worship is great. We need it. But glorifying God is also about allowing him to be revealed through us. Isaiah 43 and 7 says that God created us for his glory. Ephesians 2.10 says that we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance as our way of life. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 10 and 31 that whatever we do, we are to do it to the glory of God. Everything we do should be about his glory. My purpose is to bring him glory. I was created for his glory. But if we're going to live a life that brings glory to God, there are a few things that we have to do. I'll sum it up by saying this, we are to live like Jesus. God, the father was perfectly revealed in his son, Jesus. We should be like a mirror. When God looks at us, he should see himself. We should reflect him. When people see us, they should see him. You ever try to look at yourself in a dirty mirror? You walk away thinking you look good only to realize you still got crust on your face. Your makeup isn't on right and your line is crooked. If my mirror is dirty, if it has smudges and spots, when God looks into it, he sees a misconstrued, distorted image of himself. We've got to keep ourselves clean. We were made in his image and likeness, but life can distort his image in us. Sin can distort his image in us. Failure can distort his 
image and the plan of the enemy is to pull us so far away from God and smear us with so much pain and loss and mistakes and disappointment and sin that when we look at ourselves, we don't even see anything that resembles our father. We don't see his love. We don't see his truth and we don't see his righteousness. We've got to work to keep our mirrors clean so that we can be a reflection of his image in the earth. And that brings him glory. But here's the truth. As good as it sounds to want to grow in our purpose, to be a reflection of God, none of this matters if you've not yet matured to the level of being concerned with bringing him glory. We are born with no inclination to bring glory to God. We're born desiring to satisfy ourselves. Once we're saved and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, we then have the ability to wash our mirror until God can see himself in us. So this far in our gathering, we've been dissecting the parable of the sower as it relates to growing the flock. We've examined the thorny ground, the the double-minded person, the distracted person. And as much as I've been trying to move on tonight, we're going to look at the stony ground. So let's review. Uh, Mark 4, 5 through 6, it says, Some of the seeds fell on stony ground, where it did not have much earth, and immediately it, the fruit, sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it, again, the fruit was scorched. And because it had no root, it withered away. Verse 16 says that when they hear the word, the people with the stony soil, immediately they receive it with gladness. And they have no root in themselves and so endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arise, For the word's sake, immediately they stumble. So the sower sows the word. We are the soil. When the seeds fall on the stony ground, this is the person who is glad to hear and receive the word of God. But their commitment to allowing it to bear fruit is superficial. They want the word. They love to hear of the promises of God, but they're all leaves. A tree that looks promising because of its eagerness to hear the word. They're always at church, but the tree is fruitless because their commitment to allowing that word to bear fruit is superficial. They're shallow, the stony ground. Now, most gardens have some stones and rocks. But soil that has a lot of stones, particularly large stones, these stones can have a very harmful impact on the growth of fruit. Stones, the hard places in our lives, the parts of our hearts and minds that have been hardened. Now, it is possible to grow some fruit even if you have some stones in your soil. You can be depressed and still perform on your job. You can harbor bitterness in your heart and still be a good mother. You can be hurt and offended by the leadership in your church and still serve there. The problem is that the stones decrease how well the soil can be used. We are the soil and we must get rid of the stones in our lives, in our hearts and in our minds so that we can bear fruit without hindrance. Our, my purpose is to glorify God. 
but my tree has no fruit. And Jesus said that a fruitless tree, a fruitless life doesn't glorify God. In the parable of the true vine, John 15 and 8, Jesus says, by this is my father glorified that you bear much fruit. So will you be my disciples? My disciples bear fruit. When I come to inspect your tree, there should be some fruit on it. No fruit, no glory. You know why we need his word to be implanted in our lives? Because the branches that bear the fruit of the word, the father prunes or cleanses. But John 15, uh, one through four, Jesus said, you are already clean because of the word. The word is what cleanses us. How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. Jesus gave his life for the church that he may sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. You want to be a mirror that reflects the Lord? You want to glorify the Lord? You want to bear fruit? You've got to remove the stones from your soil. You've got to receive the word of the Lord and let it wash and cleanse you. Uproot the unforgiveness, the hopelessness, the disappointment. You've got to remove the stones of distrust and anger and fear and rejection. Uproot the prolonged grief, the anxiety, and cast out the spirit of depression and defeat so that you can bear fruit. Wash yourself with the word of God and uproot the stones out of your soil. A fruitless tree doesn't glorify God. We don't serve a fruitless God. And when the Lord comes to examine our trees, he should find some fruit on it. His word should be producing some fruit in your life. I believe with all of my heart that in this hour, God is after his glory being revealed on the earth. We have to do our part to get rid of anything that is stopping us from producing fruit, from reflecting his image and from bringing him glory. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you and praise you. We give you glory and honor. Lord, cleanse us with your word. Create in us a clean heart and renew a right spirit within us. We stand in our authority and we uproot every stone in our lives because we want to bear fruit that brings you glory. Holy Spirit, help us to be true disciples of Jesus who bring glory to our Father. In Jesus' name, amen.